Well, today being Palm Sunday, um, I was thinking of, okay, what do you preach on in Palm Sunday? How about the triumphal entry of Jesus? <laughs> well, I didn't do that. <laughs> I'm going to get to it, but uh, I was thinking of how that we need to choose our path wisely. That's the title of my sermon, Choose Your Path Wisely. And uh, how that, what we choose and what we do and where we go and the path that we take are all very important to us. And sometimes um, we choose paths wrongly. <laughs> um, I, I guess I think of the uh, search for the Holy Grail, you know, um, uh, the, what was the, the Indiana Jones uh, movie, and they go in and they're all looking for the cup of Christ, and the, and the, um, the knight says, choose wisely, you know, <laughs> because to choose the wrong cup and to drink from it is death, to choose and drink from the right cup is life, you know, you have to watch the movie to understand it, but um, I often think of that, choose wisely, and what does it mean to choose wisely? I mean, when we think about how our life is, I mean, we make choices every day, you know, we make choices about what time we're getting up, what, the, what we're going to wear, uh, how we're going to get to where we're going. Do we use the same directions? Do we go a different direction? You know, what are our choices and how do we, how we make them? For students, you know, do you choose to study or do you pretend that you know what it is? <laughs> you know, that doesn't work. Uh, pretending doesn't work because on the test it just kind of comes through, you know. So choosing to do something is, um, it's, a very, it's a very important part of who we are. Well, when I was uh, thinking of this and making wrong choices, of course, you, uh, making the, wrong, the wrongest, that's a good term, wrongest, <laughs> I know it's not a word, but uh, to make the, 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 the incorrect choice and um, suffer some um, extenuating circumstances, <laughs> I think of Jonah. And... Um, we find that Jonah receives this command from God. This is uh, verse 1. He says, And one day long ago, God's word came to Jonah, um, Amittai's son, Up on your feet and on your way to the big city of Nineveh. Preach to them. They're in a bad way, and I can't ignore it any longer. But Jonah got up and went the other direction. <laughs> Jonah got up and went the other direction. Now, do any of you have any prejudices? Don't have to raise your hand, okay. We all have prejudices, you know. We, we, are, we, are, we have favorites, maybe not prejudiced. We have favorites, we'll do that one. Uh, we have favorite cars, trucks, uh, dishes, pans, kitchens, you, you know, utensils. I mean, we all have favorite things, favorite types of clothing, you know, favorite glasses. You know, and we all have favorites, right? Okay, well, in one sense, we then are, somebody else offers us something that is similar but different, and we say, well, I don't want that because this is my favorite. Well, how do you know this doesn't work? I don't know. I just like what I got. Well, this is better. I don't know. I'm not going to do that because I like what I got, you know? So we have our prejudices. Well, Jonah had a right to be prejudiced against Nineveh. You see, the Assyrians were a very great uh, uh, empire, but they were an evil empire. 
I mean, whenever they would come and raid Israel and they would, they would just kill everybody. They were a dreaded enemy. They, they weren't the kind of enemy you come in and, you know, just take this person or that person. They came in, they killed everybody, they took all, everything, and they were just a dreaded uh, opponent of Israel. And so they didn't do this once in a while. They did it all the time. There would be these bands of marauders that would go and, and uh, raid Israel. And Jonah, he, when he hears, this, <laughs> he hears this, re, this command from God that go to Nineveh because they're in a bad way, Jonah's thinking, yes, they're in a bad way. And he says, then God says, go there. And Jonah says, no, I'm not going. You know, they deserve to die. They deserve to have the the punishment of God because they are a nasty bunch of people. Anybody ever feel that way about certain individuals? They're just nasty. <laughs> they deserve to die. They deserve to, they deserve to be, uh, uh, have bad things happen to them. They deserve for God to, to, to just squash them like bugs on a rug, you know? Well, Jonah was kind of this way. He, he saw what was going on with uh, Nineveh and saw how that they were just a, a notoriously evil country and Jonah disagreed with God. Hmm. You ever have a disagreement with God? God says go and you say no. <laughs> and God says, you really mean that? He says, no, I don't mean that. <laughs> you know, it calls us, uh, calls us into account on it. But sometimes our no's are because we're, um, we're frightened God may really do what he said. You know, what if God answered every prayer that we pray exactly as we prayed it? We'd be in trouble. <laughs> you know, we'd be in trouble. Uh, it's just one of those things that we would, we would definitely be in trouble. It would be like the, the Midas touch. Everything you touch is gold, you know? Well, hey, that's wonderful until you go to eat something and you can't eat it because it turns to gold. You can't do anything because what you have, everything you touch, turns to gold, but, you know, you're, you're left devastated because you can't do anything but turn things to gold. And sometimes we pray for things. We, we you know, we, well, God, if we just do this, you'd just get me out of this uh, traffic jam. You'd get me out of this slow driver and all those things. How do we know God's not preventing us from an accident? How do we know that God isn't intervening and we're telling God, get this person out of my way? And God is saying, no, I put them there for a reason. Slow down. You know? Did you ever, uh, the other day, we, whenever we were coming home yesterday uh, from uh, Harrisburg, and, uh, you know, going out and coming through Bedford there, you know, on the, on the turning off on whatever road, we came by... Um, 30 and you know you take that road to the right to go up to turn on to to whatever it is going north 99 going north so I'm going up there and I'm going pretty good you know and the first light you come to and it's like it turns yellow and I said, should I go should I stay should I go should I stay you know it's okay slam on the brakes slide you don't slide too hot but I stop there you know and I'm waiting there and two three cars and a state trooper goes through and I go boy I'm glad I stopped <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was one of those that I'm glad I stopped, you know. Because he surely would have come after me, and he wouldn't have called me surely either. But, uh, you know, he would have come after me. And, you know, because it was one of those tweeners, you know. You, you, can, you can make it, but you can't make it. You can, you know, it's, it's like 
stop. <laughs> so I did. Well, Jonah, he, he's in this position where he can, he can go or he can stay. Well, what does Jonah do? He got up and went the opposite direction to Tarshish, running away from God. He went down to the port of Jaffa, found a ship headed for Tarshish. He paid the fee and went on board and joined those going to Tarshish as far away from God as he could get. Now, you would think that uh, God would say to, to Jonah, all right, you want to go on your own? Go ahead. See, what, see if I care. You know, if you want to do your own thing, just go do it, and you're, you know, you're, I've, I'll just forget about you. You're off on your own, okay? But God isn't like that. Um, God isn't like us, thank goodness, that he doesn't have the same concepts uh, that we do. You know, if you want to you have your own way, go ahead. You know, and out of frustration, we tell people, go ahead, do it your way. You know, see what happens, and we turn our back and walk away. Huh, I'll teach them a lesson. Well, God doesn't have that perspective. He doesn't say that, you know, have it your own. God says, I got a job for you. I have a calling for your life, and you can't abandon it. What God has called us to do, he never takes away. The calling of God is without reproach, is the King James Version. And what it means is the calling of God doesn't suddenly stop one day. No? That's why preachers never retire, <laughs> because you never get to a point where you can't talk. If you get to the point you can't talk, well, then you better do something else because you just can't stop what you're doing. You've been called to do something, and whatever it is, you just keep doing it. So anyhow, but other people, we're, we're like that in our lives, that, that we can't get away from the part of our life that we've always done, that we felt our call to do. So that's what, what we're doing. And so God doesn't get away from Jonah. He doesn't abandon Jonah because Jonah went the wrong way. Jonah abandoned God. God didn't abandon Jonah, okay? Choosing the right way. Now we say, what on earth does this have to do with Jesus and his triumphal entry into Jerusalem? I'll tell you, but not right now. So, a little tease. What's he going to tell us? What's he going to tell us? So anyhow, God sent a huge storm at sea, and the waves are towering. So you, you got to imagine uh, that the, the ships that, again, the ships of those times were not these mammoth um, uh, ocean-going cargo ships that, you know, are three football fields long. The, the new... Um, Princess cruise lines and the new Norwegian cruise lines. Do you see those? You see those ships? I mean, they're 50 yards high. How on earth do you keep them from falling over? <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know if I would want to go on one of those. And so he couldn't run a rope around it, <laughs> you know, hold it together. Did you know, there's this a little side note, that um, iron, do you ever try to float an, 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 the hammer? Um, did you ever try and float the head of a hammer? What happens? It sinks. So here you are, you have steel, iron, whatever. You throw it out in the water, it sinks. But here are these ships <laughs> made of steel, made of iron, or whatever, not made of iron, but made of steel, and they float. How do you make, how do you make steel float? Well, you create a, um, what is it, a dispen a dis what is it called? 
dispersion rate, okay? There's so much of that ship under, underwater, and they also have these uh, tanks that they fill with water to help with, keep it buoyant and not tilted to one side or the other. So it just kind of has this thing. Now, a ship will sink only when it gets water on the inside, right? So in our lives, we are out in the sea of humanity in our ship, and we're not sinking because we're not allowing the sins of the world and the ocean that is around us to get on the inside. So whenever we keep our problems on the outside and we keep our faith on the inside and we keep living our life for God and God is directing our path and the steps of a righteous person are ordered by the Lord and we're not running from God, we're, tr we're trying to fulfill God's plan. So here we are in this ocean-going vessel, vessel that we're out on the sea of humanity and the sea of sin and whatever, but it doesn't affect us. Why? Because it's on the outside. <laughs> and we can... so. Being a thousand miles from shore is not a bad thing for a, for a ship because it's natural for it to be there. So here we are in the sea of life and going about life. This is our natural part for us. So you see, when Jonah here is running from God, Jonah sees it as a, uh, a way of paying, you know, disobeying God and making sure that the Ninevites get punished for all their sins and God is saying, no, I have a different plan for Nineveh. Did you know when in the New Testament where God says to pray for your enemies? Pray for those who despitefully use you. God here to Nineveh was exerting that same idea, that he was extending grace and mercy to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a great city. It's a three days journey. So what it means is it took three days to walk from one side to the other. So if you started out walking and you walked from one suburb to the other suburb, it would take you three days. So it's a big, it's a big city. And um, the Ninevites then are, you know, Jonah doesn't want them saved. He doesn't want, them, he doesn't want the message brought to them. So the boat Jonah was in was about to capsize, you know, that there's no way that the, his boat can make it. It's uh, too violent of a storm. And uh, the, the uh, <laughs> uh, what can I say, the boat, sometimes the boat we're in, do you ever feel like your boat is going to capsize? Well, the sailors felt that they were all about to die, so they decided to draw lots, draw straws, and Jonah got the short straw, and they, they said, who are you, Jonah? What do you do? So Jonah says, well, I serve the God I serve the God who is uh, the creator of the universe. I serve God. I'm a, God. I'm a Hebrews. He made the heavens and the earth. He made the sea and the land. He made all this stuff. And so they were going to throw John overboard. They said, oh, wait a minute. We better not. If he's, his God is that great, we better stop and think about what we're doing. <laughs> and Jonah gave them approval, and he got thrown over. So when we're walking down the road of life, choosing our path wisely, sometimes we feel like we've, been, we've chosen the wrong path or sometimes we, we feel like we're going in the wrong direction. But even if we have willfully and intentionally, you know, most of us, and I think, most of us in our life are not trying to run away from God, we're trying to follow God. And so, but to those who are running away from God would say, 
God can take us right where we're at and bring us back on course. So Jonah is thrown overboard and a great fish swallows him and Jonah in the depths of the, of the ocean, he, he comes to his senses. <laughs> Did you ever wonder what it's going to take for some people to come to their senses? <laughs> you know? Did you ever wonder what it is that God is going to have to do to bring people to their senses about what's going on in their life so that they can get their life back on track? Well, you know what? Sometimes it's difficulties. Sometimes it's the boat capsizing. Sometimes it's being, (laughs) Paul, a day and a night in the deep. Sometimes it's just being out there on your own, recognizing I, I I have to call out to God. You know, I need to cry out to God. And find, and find restoration and find salvation in us. We find that God will then bring us back to the place where we need to be. And for Jonah, you know, the great fish you know, picks him up. And, and we know that Jonah's story is not just a figment of his imagination. It's not a, a whale of a tail around the campfires of the Hebrew people. Because Jesus said, as Jonah was three days and three nights in the heart, uh, in, the, in the belly of the well, so he will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So Jonah is not a fictitious story. Jonah's story is correct. Because God wants us to have the assurance that you're not doing life by yourself. God wants us to know that life is not something we live on our own that he is there with us every step of the way, and whether we're in the belly of a whale or we're on the, on the triumphal entry into Jerusalem or everybody's turning against us and we're, we're, we're failing greatly, God is telling us we're not on our own. Now, we may not understand why things happen. We may not be able to say why this happens to certain people and all that. We, can't, we don't know those things. Only eternity will have that that understanding and that answer. So I am responsible to have faith. I am responsible to believe God that, that he, I am his child and he has promised that he would work all things together for a divine good. Well, I see no good in this. Doesn't matter. God does. Well, how can God possibly see good in this? I don't know. <laughs> but he does. How could how could God possibly see any good in the triumphal entry of, Jeru- of Jesus into Jerusalem and, and within a f- another week, everybody's going to be against him and have him crucified? How can that be good? Is going according to plan. You see, we're not trying to sink our ship. We're trying to allow God to give us the wisdom and the understanding to sail our ship. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that. It is good that Jesus has died, but not, and we see that that's the question. See, how could it be good? We, in our own thinking, in our own reasoning, what good does it have? What good does it have in our thinking? So we don't, we, we know, we see the whole story. We see the resurrection. We see the, the you know, Jesus crucified, resurrected. We see the whole picture. But at the time, the disciples didn't get it. They didn't see it. They didn't understand it. So they began to question and in our own lives, like Jonah, sometimes we're running from God. But no, you know, I don't, I don't see us doing that. But know this, if people are running from God, God has a way to bring them back. So 
The path of the righteous is level. This is in Isaiah 26. The, the path of the righteous is level. You, the upright one, make the way of the righteous smooth. You see, this was important to the people at that time frame because when the king came through an area, he would have his slaves and the, the servants go out and they would take down the mountains and fill up the valleys and make the road smooth because the king's coming. Well, the path of the righteous is level, meaning that God gives us kind of a, a, a level approach to what life is. You know, we have our ups and downs, but God is saying that we have this consistency in our life, which is God is with me. God will never leave me. He will never abandon me. He will never leave me to my uh, someplace where he is not. He's always there. So on this level idea of I'm on a level playing field, God and I are a majority. That's the level playing field. It doesn't matter who's against us. It matters only that God is for us and we are for him. So when God, when we honor God and we honor his word, we find that it pleases him and he promises to make our way smooth. So here we are on our journey and um, are we having a smooth, level playing field? You know, and just because we have emotional highs and lows doesn't mean we're not on a level playing field. You see, Jesus, in Matthew 21, the full story of what was sketched early by the prophets, so Jesus is referring here to uh, in Matthew 21, verse 5, tell Zion's daughter, look, your king is on his way, poised and ready, mounted on a donkey, on a colt, a foal of a pack animal. Jesus is coming to Jerusalem as it was foretold. Um, a lady this morning, her um, daughter-in-law is having to be having a baby any day now. And uh, we were talking about uh, how that each, each life is a, is a gift from God. That we may come through our, our mother, but we originate with God. That he is the author of our life and that, you know, he puts inside of us his, our giftings and he puts inside of us this, the things that we need for this package, this package deal that we're going to need to take us through our life. And so here, here we have Jesus coming into Jerusalem and, and, and Matthew's writing about how that the prophets foretold this would be, this is how Jesus would come. This is how he would enter Jerusalem. And you see, the disciples went and uh, did exactly what Jesus told them to do. So Jesus was not running from the situation. He is willing to walk toward his destination, to walk towards the cross. The cross didn't catch Jesus by surprise. He told the disciples, this is why I've come. This is why I'm here. They didn't understand it. But he told them, it wasn't until later, after the resurrection, they began to put all this stuff together. Did you ever notice that sometimes after events, you know, weeks, months, years after something, and you look back at it and you say, oh, that's what that meant. <laughs> and in our, in our life, we are looking that God is directing us and he is taking us each step of the way. He's walking with us. He, he gives, the, the, gives us this path that is level and that he makes the way of the righteous smooth. It's like 
he's, he's giving us a good idea, a good handle on living. <laughs> he's giving us a good road that we live on, that we are standing on the foundation of the rock Jesus Christ. You know, I often thought of the, the story where the wise man built his house upon a rock and foolish man built his house upon the sand. And, you know, they, the storms come and the sand house falls down and the rock house stands, okay, when Jesus is the rock. But the, the uh, one part that I'd never heard was the same storm came to both houses. The same storm came to both houses. So they were both, as it were, caught up in the same storm. And in that same storm, the house built on the sand collapses. And the house built on the rock is firm. That's where we look at our life and we know that when our life is on Jesus, in, in Christ, we know that our life is firm. People can have the same situations happen in their life and some people will be devastated and destroyed by it and others will say, I don't understand it, but I trust him. I know that God is with me and their, and their house, their faith stands firm. And, and this is where I think with, with the, Jesus is trying to tell the disciples that he's, this is going to happen, his death is going to happen. And, you know, at the Last Supper, his, he's telling them about this is my body and this is my blood. And, you know, they don't have a clue and he's trying to let them know, but they just can't see it. And that's where I think sometimes in our life, the firmness of our foundation is in Christ is I don't have to see it to believe it. I believe it, and then I'll see it. I'll believe it, and I'll know that God is there, and God will help me make it through this. God will give me direction in preparation to get through this. God will be there, and you see, God is more interested in our success than trying to mark down our failures. God is interested in how and what we need and how that his spirit, and we need to open our hearts that we can be receptive to what his spirit is giving to us. The assurance that what we need, the assurance of what's going on, the assurance that he'll never leave us and that our boat isn't going to sink. <laughs> you know, our boat isn't going to sink because of the storm that we disobeyed God and went and did anyhow and God isn't going to let us sink he's going to give us a new sense of direction and purpose God is interested in how that he can help us get back on course not somehow abandon us to our do it on your own you know like Jonah could have God could have said to Jonah you you ran away from me keep going God never abandons us He's always calling us back to himself. And so we have the, they, they led the donkey and the colt out and laid some of their clothes on them. And Jesus mounted and nearly all the people in the crowd threw their garments down on the road, giving him a royal welcome. This is the king of kings and lord of lords. He deserved this all of his life. He deserved for all of the people to to lay down their garments before him. You see, and, and from our perspective, we are to lay our lives before him. <laughs> we are to lay our, our will before him. And know that laying it there gives us then the ability to be receptive to his will 
and his word. And when I lay my weaknesses before him, I am allowing his strength to become my strength. See, I can't live this life without him. I can't be strong on my own. God doesn't want us to be. He wants us to be strong in his strength. He wants his word to be, the word that is in the scriptures, to become part of our word, our vocabulary. That when I feel alone, I, I know that the word says, I am not alone. When I feel like I'm off course, God says, he will direct my course. He will direct my life. See, so I'm asking God for this, and then in my asking, I'm, if I have enough faith to ask, then I am believing. And I'm not going to look at the failures. I'm going to look for the promises within the, within the, the, the situation, the silver lining in the cloud. We're not just eternal optimists. We are people who believe in the God who created this place to give us direction and help and to give us the strength and the desire He's to renew our strength and to give us the ability to mount up when things go wrong and as eagles rise above the, the, the clouds and the storms. You see, the storms don't drive us to the ground. The storms cause us to go higher in Christ. Others cut branches from the trees and threw them down as welcome mats. Crowds attended, went, went ahead and crowds followed, all of them calling out, Hosanna, David's son, blessed is he who comes in God's name. <laughs> the triumph of God entering into Jerusalem. When it appeared that his creation had finally, finally come to the place to recognizing their Savior. But we know that... <laughs> Those who were against Christ, they didn't prevail. Jesus surrendered. You don't take my life, I give it. You see, the, the evil did not win that victory. Jesus allowed them to because he, Jesus, had a greater purpose. And that purpose was our forgiveness and our salvation. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. By his stripes we are healed. By the blood of Jesus Christ, he cleanses us. He cleanses our lives. By the blood of Christ, we are renewed. You see, evil is not in charge. God is. <laughs> so here is God saying to us, that there is a triumph in our life. And it isn't necessarily the exuberance of people. It is the approval of God. The triumph of Jesus is kind of the opposite of Jonah. Jonah hated Nineveh. Jesus loved the lost. Jonah refused to bring forgiveness. Jesus rode willing to take to be the sacrifice. Jonah was angered that God would forgive. Jesus was not my will but thine be done. Jonah was bitter. Jesus was compassionate. Jonah, um, what did he do here? He, he, he repented. You know, after he, he was sorry that these people came to forgiveness. Jonah was upset that these, these Ninevites repented of their sins. Jesus came that all could be saved. You see, Jonah is 
kind of what the opposite of, we, in our natural mind, our natural way of thinking says, you know what? This isn't any good. This will never work. God isn't knowing what he's doing. These people need punished. This needs, but God in us says, forgive. God says, trust me. God says, my word have I hid. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. God gives us these directions. And you see, we choose our path wisely because we want God's path for our life to be lived out. And we can't live it out on our own. We need his help. Amen? So we will receive that help. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. (laughs) Jesus, we thank you that you have set the course. God, you have determined the path. God, you have empowered us to walk this path. And no matter which way we think we're going, Lord, you are there. God, we cannot run so far away from you that you are not there. And God, in our hearts, we listen in the storms and we listen in the difficulties to hear your voice calling us to come back. So, Lord, we thank you that it is not your will that anyone should perish. It is your will that we should all be in a place where we can receive your forgiveness and love. So thank you, Jesus, for forgiving us. Thank you, God, for giving us the strength that we need, the wisdom, the understanding, the trust that we can walk with you each day. Thank you, God, for this path that you have placed us on. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We have palms for you to take home, Palm Sunday.